everyone, and welcome to Backstage Pass. We're your hostess with the most is I'm Samantha Powell, that's Ben Barnard, and we're excited to spotlight some amazing guests on this episode. So they're going to be chatting a little bit about what to expect at ISC, as well as around town in Barcelona. So we can't wait to share that with you. And Ben, I have already been ordering so many things at Amazon, so my cart is full. <laughs> it's right around the corner, and I'm just so excited to, to hang out with you in Barcelona. Well, I hope part of the, uh, the the cart that you're ordering is going to be comfy shoes, because you know last time we spoke about that, and that's absolutely paramount uh, to, to get you through the day. But um, fingers crossed it is. Really excited oh. to see you too, and to, uh, yeah, to experience Barcelona together. Um, since we last spoke, eagle-eyed viewers because obviously we, we're releasing this as an audio form but those who are watching will notice i'm in a different room i've actually moved house since we last recorded um oh, wow. so i managed to get that done in between podcast records and kind of settled <laughs> now which is which is good it wasn't good the most uh, relaxing experience as moving house like, like oh, tends to be gosh. but here we are we're set up we've got our internet running and uh, everything seems to be going smoothly how are you I'm doing wonderful. It's cold here in the States while well, where I'm at in Charlotte. What is it? Where is it? What's the temperature like where you are? So I'm just outside London uh, in the mm -hmm. UK. It's been warm the last like previous week or so and just kind okay. of dropping off gradually. And then this morning, freezing cold. It was like, <laughs> I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, maybe 35, I guess. Oh, like no. that's uh that's, that's... that we, we do it in Celsius over here. It was like basically zero, basically freezing. Oh so, uh, yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty cold. But um, I was you know. thinking, yeah, like the tr like moving during that time of year probably not as fun. But then again, I guess if you're just you know doing a lot of manual labor and sweating, so maybe it's not that bad if it's a little cooler. Yeah, exactly. There's that. There's that old proverb. You know, the one who cuts the wood warms himself twice. There you go. That's a that's a bit of okay. A, you know, I have not heard that. <laughs> I like that. I'm not cutting okay. wood, but I'm no, going but if to you did, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I have not acquired those type of skills. So, oh, well, well, congratulations on the move. And I'm glad everything Thank is you. working so we can have this podcast. So Same. kudos, kudos to you. Um, and since you're already overseas um, and I'm excited to, to hop on that plane and get over there, um, I'm just really looking forward to you know, all the sights and sounds of Barcelona. So I know you've been many, many times. So, and I've been one time before a while ago. And I just remember the amazing architecture and the food and the shopping. So in addition to making my Amazon list, uh, can you help me make a list of where I need to stop and shop and eat? And where can I see like all the amazing things Barcelona has to offer? Absolutely. So interestingly enough, I, so I have been to Barcelona a few times. Um, and we've, we've, you know, we, we've sort of explored the, the various kind of uh, hotspots for, for, for tourist attractions. And, you know, they're hotspots for a reason. There's some really beautiful places, you know, you've got the Gothic quarter, you've got the, the Park Well, which has the, uh, the Gaudi museum in there, which is fantastic, fantastic as well. And you've got the, um, the Sagrada Familia, the, the, the big mm. cathedral in, in Barcelona. So those are all kind of places that if you haven't been, you should definitely go and check out. I know a lot of people have been there. But in fact, uh, it was last last Barcelona, uh, last ISC, where I was invited to a dinner um, with with a, an organization called UNIS, and they represent a lot of the universities in, uh, in Europe. 
and they invited me to a dinner that they were having with their members and it was a place called Poble Español uh, which a quick google will will take you straight there and it's a super interesting place it's just on the edge uh, of the city so it's slightly further out and it's basically uh, an open air architectural museum it was built in about 1929 for the international expo in barcelona and the idea was that it would be uh, a sort of uh, an architectural museum to all the various different architectural styles of the iberian peninsula so there i think are 117 actual buildings in this little area and probably espanol means spanish town but the idea is that the spanish town would represent the architecture of various different parts of spain it was actually ended up being regarded as a complete failure in the sense that it failed to capture the 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 sort of like the essence of every single part of kind of spanish architecture because there are so many varying styles you know you've got spanish you've got catalonian you've got various other areas that aren't you know kind of aren't any way similar so they couldn't even though they have 117 buildings there they just couldn't capture it all but nowadays, it's really interesting because they have a theatre there, they have museums, they have bars, restaurants, all that kind of stuff. And it very much feels like a little kind of citadel. Um, and yes, so we went there for dinner. And having been to Barcelona so many times, it was actually only on my most recent trip that I discovered this place, which I think is probably my favourite. So getting out there is, is I would say, a must. And um, yeah, you can, whether you want to see some shops or you want to uh, have a drink or, or go and experience some some food and, and that kind of thing, then it's just worth doing as well as all the architecture that it uh, exhibits too. Well, I'll definitely have to hit that up. It sounds like that's my one-stop shop so I can experience everything in just that, look, that area. So, okay, I'm going to have you, what? tell me the name again once again. It's called Poble Español. We'll go there. Don't worry. Espanol. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to work on my Spanish and my <laughs> accent, and I don't want to look like a super tourist. So <laughs> I'll definitely have to, to do that. And then in terms of like restaurants, do I need to make reservations or do you just show up? Because I know everybody eats so much later there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting one because obviously during ISC, the city is going to be much busier because of the show being there. So I would definitely say make reservations because I think for you and I, as we discussed in the previous episode, you know, eating at a certain time, you know, we'd be happy to eat at like 6.30, 7, 7.30, something like that. In normal times, we wouldn't have a problem booking a table because none of the locals are going to be eating at that time. So it's not busy. Um, whereas when you're in, you know, when you're in Barcelona for ISE, it's going to be much busier even at those kind of times. So I would say definitely uh, do your best to make a reservation. You may still get a bit lucky because, you know, th there'll be a lot of people still eating later because they're finishing at the show and maybe taking some time to get to the restaurants. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking to eat at kind of local traditional times, you're definitely going to have to make reservations because uh, as okay. we discussed before, they, they like to eat a bit later in uh, in Spain. Okay. All right. So that is really good advice as I'm a consummate foodie and I will get upset if I cannot get into the restaurant that I had already searched for on TripAdvisor for months yeah. in advance. Okay. So I will start looking at places and making those reservations. Um, so I appreciate all of your guidance. I will be leaning on to you for that. Um, and I know in addition to you, Ben, there's another person that I can reach out to who could probably give me the lay of the land of ISC as well as Barcelona. And that's Sanj Sarati. So 
He's an innovation consultant, and I have had the pleasure of meeting him at Infocom, um, as well as interviewing him on Avixa TV. And uh, he's he's an innovation consultant with the fashion and entertainment industry, and he is a fashionable man, I will say that. <laughs> but he was able to sit down with our social media guru, Jafran Nassif, to talk about ISE as well as what to expect in Barcelona. So let's take a look at that. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me. I'm Gibran. I'm joined by a very special guest, San Serrati here. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of great things regarding ISC. But uh, before we get started, Sanj, just tell me about yourself and uh, what you do. Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks so much for bringing me on to this show. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure working with the guys at Avixa and ISC. A um, little bit about myself. So um, I am, I call myself a digital atelier. Now, ultimately, I'm a, an innovation consultant. I work predominantly within the fashion, retail um, and entertainment spaces, particularly with um, new and emerging technologies. And some of those technologies um, are specific to live events um, and launches and things like that. Hence, um, where I've worked within the audiovisual space, um, I, I, I basically got into that industry because I was really interested um, in this relationship between human behaviour and how it was changing in this new digital world that's still in its infancy. Um, and so, over the last twenty-five years, been working with new and emerging technology, predominantly with businesses that are interested in working. Um, with these technologies to engage with potential customers. Um, and that's allowed me to be creative and artistic using these types of technologies. Um, so I currently run a company called Tiger Heart, which is about six years old now. Um, and uh, yeah, just running as a consultant, as a, as a freelancer, have a, a small team that I work with. And we deploy um, installations all over the world, all over US, uh, the Middle East, all over Europe, um, Asia, Australasia. Um, yeah, that's how we work. That's amazing. And I, I got to say, I love that name, Tiger Heart. It just, it just sticks out, you know, it's really, it's really oh, uh, very unique. So, so interesting you say, because people always ask that, like, so what is Tiger Heart about? Well, the ethos is for me, you know, I like, um, you know, tigers are very rare, but also like really ferocious. And mm -hmm. so what I try to do is kind of bring that into the projects we work on. A lot of what we deploy is very unique. Um, and is, you know, if, if you see the projects we work on there, they're usually quite rare and, um, ferocious <laughs> initiatives. <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's great. That's awesome. Great stuff. So. Going to Exchange Live, there's there's so many things that happen in Exchange Live every year. Um, so tell us a bit about uh, what Exchange Live is, and is there anything you'd like to highlight uh, when it comes to Exchange Live at ISC this year? Yeah, a really important question. So I've been fortunate to work with Avixa for a couple of years now, uh, specifically with the, uh, the Exchange uh, kind of initiative and the idea really is the audiovisual industry is is humongous you know it's huge um this it's very lucrative like everyone in the world needs audiovisual um systems and it could be all aspects of you know the, the full spectrum of, of the the industry whether it's you know integration whether it's um visual arts whether it's communications um it's huge and 
just over the years, there's never really been a place where this community, which is, you know, huge, passionate, um, creative, artistic, um, has never really had a place to kind of converge and discuss the, the, the challenges, the issues and the things that are happening within that space. Um, and so Evixer is invested in, in the exchange for that purpose is to get people to connect, um, in a, in a, in a, in an interesting way. Um, because this, this industry, even though it is niche, it's, you know, it's huge. And whenever mm. you speak, uh, within the space, it can get lost, um, out there, you know, into the interverse, so to speak. So, so that's what the exchange is about. It's about having conversations, um, trying to find like-minded people, try to also um, challenge the perspective of, you know, what audiovisual means to different communities around the world, um, and also to bring those communities together. Um, and the exchange live is a big part of that because, um, you know, you can have a fantastic conversation online, but really where, where deals and ideas um, get developed and get driven is through face-to-face. -face. And that's what the exchange live is about, is to bring those communities together and to have debates with, you know, within uh, this, this industry, not just about the challenges, but also about the breakthroughs. Um, and I really enjoy it personally because, um, you know, uh, you get to see how these communities communicate about different types of things, whether you're talking about um, artificial intelligence, which is a, a buoyant topic to, at the moment, or about um, different territories um, around the world. So, for example, last year, there was a real big focus on um, Latin identity, not just um, you know in Europe, but also in the US, and how where they meet and where also they they get to kind of decide where they're different as well. And I found that really interesting because it um, educated me. Um, but also, you have some conversations about artistic expression. What we try to do is inspire the audience when they come to the exchange live. Mm -hmm. Is not just um, go there to to network, but also to listen. And to hear, you know, what, what's happening there uh, at the moment. Excellent, excellent, and we're very excited for Exchange Live. So everyone, stay tuned for more updates about events and all all that other stuff. Um, so it's the twentieth anniversary for ISE. It's just quite amazing how far this this event has gone. Um, so is there anything you're looking forward to at ISC this year? And then especially it being the 20th anniversary, uh, what, are, what are some things you're, you know, you're excited about? So really interesting question, because one thing I've noticed at ISC is that it's just grown dramatically year on year, um, particularly over the last five years. Um, Last year was a real event because there was a real focus on artistic identity using audiovisual arts. Um, you know, we, uh, the, the artist, um, Rafiq Anadol was kind of, they really focused on him. Um, and some of the, 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 you know, the exploration that he did, um, over the last few years, um, particularly in Barcelona. But what I found out was particularly last year was that, ISC is, you know, it's not a European thing. It's a global thing. Um, and the tone and the atmosphere there, um, is very specific to how we integrate on a, on a worldwide scale. Um, and that conversation has grown dramatically over the last five years. So for it to kind of heat up into the 20th anniversary, I think it's a really important moment because it's kind of like, um, for me anyway, ISC is kind of like the Olympics of the audiovisual space. Hmm, so it's a, a real one. opportunity to, 
to, to have conversations about where audiovisual is going. Um, it's, it's a real, it's a big opportunity for people to do deals, to actually meet people that they would never meet generally and really have a, a frank conversation about how they can partner together or how they can um, collaborate together to amplify their, their reach um, throughout the world. Um, so yeah, as it heats up to the 20th anniversary, um, I don't know. I mean, last year we had, I think, I don't know if um, they've always uh, attended, but uh, we had like, I think it was the King of Spain or the Prince of Spain. I know mm. it's an awful thing the to King, say. But yeah. we, we had, we had, you know, um, his majesty, um, you know, the King of King of Spain arrive at ISC to, to kind of uh, formalize the opening of the event. Um, so, so just, just from that, um, you know, that kind of output a year ago to the 20th anniversary, I feel like we've got some special things that are going to occur. But don't forget also some of the biggest audio visual companies in the world are there. And for them to kind of really um, uh, kind of reaffirm their presence, it's their opportunity to do mm -hmm. something spectacular at ISE at, the, at its 20th anniversary. So I think there's going to be some really exciting things that are going to occur. Um, you know, whether it's a showcase of new technology or, you know, what these fantastic parties that occur, um, you know, in the evenings in Barcelona, um, these industry parties that occur, um, I think there's going to be some crazy extravaganzas there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great, you know, 20th anniversary, definitely. So, First timers, you know, ISC is always growing, right? That means more people, new people are attending uh, this this amazing show. So, uh, what 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 kind of do you have any advice or tips for these these first timers attending ISC? Yeah, um, I think the first one is, and this particularly goes out to the territories that have never been to Barcelona before, is be prepared to be inspired, not just by um, what's happening at ISC, but also what's happening in Barcelona. Um, the government there, the Catalonian government, really invests in making your experience at ISC in Barcelona something really special um, because the, uh, the Catalonian um, dialect, the community, the foods are very unique to Barcelona as Spain as a region. Um, so, uh, you know, make sure you invest some time in spending you know doing a bit of sightseeing in Barcelona because you'll be surprised um you know as I mentioned to you before Javon like mm -hmm. um Barcelona is one of my favorite cities in the whole world like you know like I'm from London London's incredible like I've been to New York's amazing Paris is amazing you know Rome's amazing um lots of fantastic places um, in the world. Barcelona is one of those destinations. You are in for a treat. Some of the best beer in the world, some of the best food in the world, some of the best art in the world, some of the most beautiful buildings in the world. So that's, that's from a tourist perspective. Mm -hmm. Also, ISC is a very unique um, kind of event. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I was at Infocom earlier this year, which was incredible. I had a great time. Um, and it's a very kind of, um, you know, East American perspective of the AV um, industry, which is amazing because, you know, obviously America as an AV space is very lucrative and there's a lot of great things happening over there. But you'll be surprised just um, how much of a gateway to the rest of the world ISE is uh, from an um, audiovisual perspective. Um, there's lots of things happening on a biblical level, just like they happen um, at Infocom, but there's a different kind of tone, a different 
um, kind of artistic approach, which I think a lot of people that never come to IC before will get a lot of benefit from. So really make sure you, you know, open your eyes and make sure you're prepared, make sure you're rested to experience yeah. IC because it's huge. It's a huge event. There's, I think it's like five halls, so much going on there. Um, so yeah, make sure you're rested before you enter into, um, you know, the, the, the kind of jungle that ISE is. Yeah, that's a good one. Jungle. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So feeding on to your points earlier with, uh, places to go check out in Barcelona, uh, I had that, I'm going to feed off of that question. Like what are, what are some great things to do like during the show after the show or people come or people come before the show what are some places or attractions or maybe districts you know people should go check out when they're in barcelona yeah um, i mean if you've never seen any gaudi stuff like uh you know he was he was a genius from an artistic perspective from an arch architectural perspective go and check out all of that stuff it's it's quite i mean it's very unique very unusual um, there is, um, you know, the food there is amazing, like, like Barcelonan food, try and get into some of the small restaurants. Um, you, you know, it's always worthwhile booking. Um, you'll be surprised people don't go out to eat until about midnight in Barcelona mm -hmm. for dinner. And you'll turn up at these restaurants at like 10 o'clock and they'll be like dead. And then as it heats <laughs> up to midnight, they're like packed full of families. You know, people have their like their newborn babies there. And you'll be like, what the hell's going on? Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really, really cool. You know, just, just get some tapas, a couple of beers or maybe a bottle of wine. It's yeah, it's wonderful. Um, you know, all different regions of Spain are very different, very unique. And the Catalonian culture and, and food is very um, interesting. The government there is really invested in making it a really uh, comfortable place to to travel around. Um, so, you know, get get on um, get on the uh, the metro and just start visiting some of these um, spaces around. Barcelona, um, you know, the Jewish district is really interesting because um, you get that Jewish and Catalonian influence put together. Um, wow. There's some yeah. really gorgeous, like Arabic parts of uh, Barcelona. If you get down to the beach, um, you know, people are playing volleyball there sort of midday onwards during the siesta time. Um, it's a really good place to go shopping. Um, yeah, Barcelona is a, it's, it's a wonderful place. You'll love it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for all of these great tips and advice and insights into uh, Exchange Live and ISC. We're very excited uh, to see you there as well. And uh, we hope everyone got some great information uh, from this interview. And stay tuned for more interviews. And Sanj, yo, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and those of you listening, I'll see you at ISC at the Evixer Exchange Live. All right. See ya. Fantastic interview there from uh, our colleague Gibran interviewing Sanj Sarati. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of meeting Sanj as well at the last ISC in Barcelona. And as you say, Sam, incredibly fashionable gentleman, really great energy as well. He was on the Exchange Live booth and uh, yeah, so doing a lot of comparing there. It was just, just a real pleasure to, uh, to, to to meet with him, to chat with him. And I'm really, really pleased to see that he's he's joining us again this year. So that's uh, that's that's amazing. And, and also just uh, the, the interesting things that he mentioned about 
the, the the Catalonian government being really behind the show and really kind of enthusiastic about wanting to, it, it to succeed, it, it really is borne out by the the kind of support that they that they give. Um, I know that every attendee gets a free metro pass to to, to use during the show, which is fantastic because mm-hmm. there's a metro station under the the Fira uh, at Barcelona, so people can get to the show easily. But they can also explore the city later on after the oh, uh, after the show that. hours. Yeah, yeah, oh, so no, it's it's every fantastic. Oh, so when do they get that? So as soon as they arrive, uh, they can they can pick that up. I think maybe even some of them get it with a uh, you know if they've ordered it beforehand, they can get it at their their hotels. Um, but yeah, certainly at the Fira, you can uh, okay. you can pick up the, uh, the the pass for the metro. So um, yeah, no, that, we don't, that's we don't have to do anything to get it. No, no, it's uh, every, everyone. Uh, I think it's your so your badge for for registering okay. for the show. You can you can get your uh, your, your free metro card for the uh, for the week, and then also yeah. I mean last year they also had the King of Spain coming. And, uh, and walking around the show, which was just you know another level. Like that's uh, that, that's fantastic really? that they've uh, yeah got that support. Um, so yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's really good. And also, as we were talking about just before that uh, interview, Sanj mentions about being ready, you know, for the uh, for the culture of, of eating, you know, uh, in in Spain and mm-hmm. Catalonia specifically, they like to eat late, as we as we keep referencing. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, if they arrive in Barcelona and don't uh, and haven't taken heed of that and agree to a dinner with someone and wonder why it's set at 9 p.m. in their agenda, you know, we're, we're explaining that to you now. Okay, so make sure <laughs> make sure you listen you listen well and have a snack at like 3, 4 p.m. or something, you know, just to uh, just to get you, get you through. Do you reckon you'll be able to manage that, Sam? Oh, I, you know, I tend to eat late anyways, so I fit in perfect with this culture. So Good. yeah, that's fine with me. And I, and if need be, I'll snack on like tapas throughout the day, but I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. And I'm a night owl, so that works. So Good. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. Now are the, are the meals, like, are they large? Are they smaller? I know in America here, you know, we've got our cheesecake factory style size meals which you know one serve you know one plate is like enough for three people uh what <laughs> what can we expect you know when we go over there i assume probably smaller portions yeah so i mean that's funny you mentioned that because i remember the one of the first times i was in the states i was there for probably like the third or fourth time i'd ever been was for the infocom show a few mm. years ago and uh, and we went out with a few colleagues to uh, to, to to a bar or, or a restaurant used to like get some food and they ordered some stuff and it came and it was really good. We had like, some spinach dip and some various other things. It's you know really good. I feel you know I I, I you know had had a good meal. It was, it was great. And then they cleared the plates away and they said right. So now we're going to have the mains. I was like, sorry, I th- what? What's? So I thought that that was that portion was massive. Then this the, the rest is food come out. Honestly, it's it's you know American portions impressive in spain um tapas as you mentioned snacking on things like that that's a big thing uh so tapas is 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 a a popular thing so lots of little dishes which is fantastic because it means you get a small amount of lots of different things and you get to try stuff so if you've got a particularly adventurous palate then it's Mm -hmm. um it's really good to uh to, to kind of explore the menu don't be overwhelmed though because obviously when you have all those options the menus can be quite long so just Work your way through it. Have a look. See what you like. If you want some meat, some fish, potatoes, vegetables, all those kind of things like padrone peppers, I know are very popular and all that kind Mm. of stuff. But um, I would also say Catalonia, where Barcelona is, has its own 
style of food as well. So I think if people are looking for recommendations for restaurants and stuff like that, Barcelona is full of fantastic restaurants, and you you know you can you can do a quick Google, do a TripAdvisor, something like that, have a look and see what's what. But if you want to get a really authentic experience, I would say just search out Catalonian food, so Catalonian mm. restaurants and that kind of stuff. That would be my top recommendation. Oh, so that's good to know. Okay, so look for Catalonian food. All right, and I'll have to do that. So, and like some of the main items that you would find in that type of cuisine consist of what, it's a lot of meats and cheeses. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of um, fish as well. Barcelona being by the by the coast, you're going to have mm -hmm. a lot of seafood. So cod, I know is very, very popular in the dishes. And then you've got, um, I believe it's called uh, creme Catala catalana or creme catalan, I think is, is, a, is a dessert, which is really nice. It's a bit like a, a creme brulee or something like that. That's also, that's also very good. But I, I would actually say that's one of the few things in terms of portion size that you may may just want to get away with sharing with someone because we had mm -hmm. one in a restaurant once and I think all of us ordered one and it was like quite quite you know quite rich so oh, you can really? maybe share that with, uh, with with someone I think that could could be a good idea. Okay, and I know Sandra was saying that you know that Barcelona also has a lot of uh, various varieties of beer, which I never really thought of. I'm thinking you know a lot of wines and things like that. For our, our friends who are uh, beer lovers and connoisseurs, what what can they expect there? Yeah, so lots of. I mean, I would also I would say that they you know they have the the big ones. You like your Estrella. That's a that's a big Spanish beer. That's something that mm -hmm. you can definitely see all over the place. But also because there is that that kind of beer culture. Again, going into bars and restaurants and just sort of seeing what they have, and even asking in the uh, you know the waiting staff, what have you got that's local? You know, what what can you recommend for a local beer? You know, microbreweries and stuff like that. Very popular in the UK. I know they're popular in the US as well, mm -hmm. and and it's no different in Spain. So they have lots of things like that. So go in have a have a word with the locals try and find the smaller maybe the smaller establishments that may be supporting local brewers and that kind of stuff and uh, and ask for recommendations that's always always a good way to go i love that okay yeah. you know when we're not you know spending hours on the floor at isc you know if you have time to do that you know right go find a, a good pub and <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, it's not a pub over there right <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there are a few that have kind of like stylized their their establishments based on the pub. Because I mean, the British pub is such an establishment, isn't it? You know, it's something that's mm -hmm. been going for going for many years. Speaking of things which have been going for many years, next up we have my colleague Kerry Johnson speaking to Joe Hoskin. Joe's been head of content for ISE for the last ten years, but been involved with ISE from the very start. And Kerry and Joe are going to talk about some exciting things happening at ISE 2024, including a couple of surprises uh, for anyone who's a fan of digital signage, and also for people who might be fans of the Barcelona Football Club. Over to you, Kerry. I'd like to welcome Joe Hoskin, head of content with ISE. Joe has been with ISE for almost 10 years, but has been involved with ISE from the start of things nearly 20 years ago. I know things are very hectic with this time of year, with it being holiday season and getting ready for ISE, which is almost a month away. So I appreciate you joining us today, Joe. It's a pleasure, Carrie, and thank you for reminding me that it's only a month away. Yes, only a month away, you're welcome. <laughs> So let's kick off things, and um, can you tell us more about yourself and what you do? 
Yeah, um, a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, I'm the head of content at ISE. Been involved with ISE for pretty much almost a decade. Prior to that, I worked in uh, publishing. For I was a magazine publisher at, um, at uh, United Business Media. Worked there for 25 years. Publishing director for 10. And got I've been you know the um, my connection with ISE goes back right to the beginning to the first show in Geneva where I was the publisher there of the show guide and been to every show since, seen it grow, seen it thrive. So that's that's the connection. That's perfect. And that's great. I mean, especially with it being the 20th anniversary of ISE, you've been there from the beginning, you've raised this little baby and they, they are now a young adult. <laughs> it's been fascinating. And uh, it's been fascinating to observe and been very exciting to be part of it. So yeah, it's great. So since you are head of content at ISE, can you talk more about ISE's vision for content this year? Yeah, well, I guess it's some of it's in the name. As you like, the slogan this year has been the destination for innovation. So in all elements of the show, that's what we've worked hard towards achieving, presenting. Um, you'll see that on the show floor. There's eight halls you know, with the lead, world's leading brands you know, split up into, into some well-established areas and some that are new. You know, we have a new lighting and staging area in Hall 1 for the first time. Content production and distribution moves to Hall 4. And we have an expanded audio demo rooms and our uh, sound experience in Hall 8. So overall, there's a lot more space, a lot more exhibitors, a lot more of the brands, I guess, that people would want to see or hope that would be there. So that's what you're going to find on the show floor. And I would point anyone, just go to the um, go to our website. You can do, we have an A to Z or A to Z listening, listing there for you. Um, you can see who's there and, and make, make your, do your plan before you come. But also, you know, on the show floor around the content, we wanted to, we worked hard um, to put together a program of content that would allow, say, the casual visitor or somebody that just wanted to get a taste of, of, a, of a session and some experts some thought leaders and some experts. So on our show floor in Hall 4, there's a, there's a, there's a really big show floor theatre there. It's our main show floor theatre, seats 500. And throughout the day, each day, they'll be free to attend content, sessions, themed sessions. You know, it's got some fantastic stuff. Um, all can be seen on the website. These are called our Tech Talks, English Tech Talks Espanol. And then each day, these will be interspersed with keynotes by leading thought leaders and experts. Again, you can find the details on that on the website. So that's on the that's going to be taking place on the show floor. Also, if you're interested, you know, if you want to learn as well and be entertained, then free to attend content is available on the in Hall Two at the CDS Smart Home Technology stage or in the Avixa stage with the Avixa Exchange Live, which has theme content again each day. All very pertinent stuff. So please go to either the CD Avixa or ISE websites, put together your program based on that. But if you're interested in perhaps getting a deeper dive and a deeper look, a lot of the sectors that are covered in the show, that I would encourage you to go and look at our paid for content program. Now these 
conferences take place, either for a full day or a half day. And these take place upstairs on the, um, the walkway in, in the dedicated conference suite there. And they covered areas from range from live events, digital signage, education technology, smart workplace. You know, by some, you know, they've got some great chairs and they've got some fantastic speakers. This is stuff that um, you, you, you need to pay for to attend. But it's, it's, a, it's a great program put together, you know, working with um, Avixa on this. Also up there, we also have a partner stage. And this features some of our great partners that we work with. These are largely Barcelona, Catalonia organizations such as Talent and Knowledge, AV Cluster, Barcelona Council. You just mentioned so many different things content-wise within the show floor, within the conference rooms, audio demo rooms. Um, is there anything else that you specifically are looking forward to at ISE this year? Four o'clock on the Friday. Um, <laughs> yes, I think I think everyone <laughs> might be That's you know at that That's point. No, honestly, joking aside, I think the um, I think you know I've been involved with the show and working with it now for the best part of a decade, and I can honestly say I think this has got the most compelling mix of everything that we've wanted to bring together. And there are still things that have, we've not announced yet, actually. So there could still be some surprises, you know, and uh, that, that could still be revealed. But I think in terms of the content program, the profile of the exhibitors, the, the, the efforts that our partners are putting in to it, it's, it's just reached a new level. You know, and I think that's, that's what, um, that's what we do. I would say one thing I'm looking forward to, um, because in typical ISC's fashion, right, it's um, it's going to be a bit late in the day when we complete it, but it's also going to be very exciting and well worth it. And that's the big screen that's going to be um, installed. It's going to be Europe's largest fixed screen, I think, used in an exhibition hall. It's going to be outside entrance too when you uh, approach the show. This is being installed by the FIRA and ISE is going to be the first event that's uh, actually used it. So the ISE team at the moment are working really hard on putting together a program of content that attendees, as they rock up for the show, they'll be able to sit, stand back and be amazed at what they, what they see. So we're working very closely with one of our keynote speakers at the moment in putting together mm -hmm. a program. It's Jerome Vandermost, who's... Jerome is, um, you know, an incredibly well-renowned and respected digital artist. He's given a keynote on the uh, the Wednesday of the show, and he's also programming a piece of digital art called B Barcelona, which brings together AI to kind of create, recreate his creative brain, as he describes it. And you'll be able to see what he's working on on this screen when you come to the show. So in many ways, it kind of sums up what ISC is all about. You know, we're trying to integrate the content. So not just have good keynote speakers, great keynote speakers, but to actually show them, to show people what they are uh, capable of doing. And we also are working with Sophia Crespo, 
another digital artist. She's creating a uh, an artwork that will be projected onto the Casa Batlo Gaudi designed building in Barcelona. That'll take place earlier in the week. So we're kind of, this is how the show's evolving, you know, where we're kind of, it's now become show and tell, if you like, as well as just the, the telling. So it's evolving yeah. quite quite quickly in terms of what we're able to, uh, well, it's evolving quickly in terms of how the ambitious targets we're setting ourselves. So there are many people, as you mentioned, that will be attending ISE. It's going to be the biggest in years. Um, so is there any advice you'd like to offer people attending ISE for the first time? Anything that they should attend and stop by within the show? And then also outside Barcelona, any type of recommendations you might have? Yeah, so the advice is all, all come on the Friday, please. <laughs> um, no other day, just Friday. <laughs> Friday's great. No, Friday is really good because, um, you know, like with most exhibitions, Friday tends to be quieter, but you can see everything, get around. Um, no, I would say for first timers, anybody there, yeah, look at the website, read um, the digital edition of Rise magazine, which has just been published. So plot your journey, you know, you wouldn't, if you were going to go to a shopping mall, for example, you wouldn't just turn up and then start wandering around in circles, you know. So. An ISE is, is of that scale, so plan your visit to make the most of it. Try and combine exhibitor booth visits with perhaps some of the free-to-attend content or the networking opportunities or some of the or meeting up with some of the organizations and associations that we collaborate with. Because there's a lot there and, and it would be a shame if you miss it. The other thing I would say which is really important is um, Make sure you print your badge off before you come. So register for the show. You know, you can register now. It's very easy to get a, a registration code, which is free of charge. Register now, and then in January, you will be able to download the app, print your badge, come along. And so um, we're, we're hoping for, you know, to, to enable the, the crowds of people that we do get there so we can get them into the show as quickly as possible. But they're right. the main bits of advice. Do your homework, print your badge, come on Friday as well as the other days. And another, and also perhaps, you know, if you haven't done so already, consider staying for a couple of days in Barcelona. You know, there are, there are lots of things that you can do, A, on a social level, but also a lot of stuff there. If you ever again look at our website, look at the tech tours we've got, so we've kind of identified a number of the number of locations in the city. We organize tech tours. We take 20, 30 people at a time to visit them during the show hours. But these tech tours are available for, you know, anybody. You know, you just need to turn up and pay a small amount or some, most, some of them are free. You can just attend. But if you're interested in the latest state of the RAV in different applications, you can do it. It's all on the website. And that's something you could perhaps do to combine um, on a Wednesday. Um, and if you're interested in football or soccer, as you would say, Kerry, um, we've, we're just in the process of, uh, it'll be announced in January. We're working with Barcelona Football Club, so we can get your discounts 
there's going to be some discounts on two football matches that take place during the ISC week. And so we're going to be announcing that in early January. So I'm giving you, uh, you know, some, some advanced information of that. So there's a heck of a lot going yeah. on. Well, I want to quickly say thank you, Joe, for spending time with us. And like I said earlier, with the busy holiday season and gearing up for ISE, I know um, everyone's time is kind of slim. <laughs> so I appreciate you being flexible and talking with us just a little bit and giving our viewers some insight into what they can see at ISE this year. It's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for asking me, Karen. Well, that was a really interesting interview and I really appreciate all of that information about ISC and more things to look forward to in Barcelona. And I couldn't be more excited that my very first ISC experience happens to be at the 20th anniversary. So I think, I think we did good. <laughs> Absolutely. And what, what an amazing thing that Avixa have been along for the ride for, for 20 years and the show just, you know, going from strength to strength is, is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the fact that we're gathering so many incredible people along the way to share in the experience with us and, and, uh, and, and share their expertise and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's so inspiring. It's fantastic. Really, really excited to, uh, to get to that next show and, uh, and to see you there as well, Sam. Absolutely. So I'll send an early happy new year's to you, Ben, and also to everyone watching and listening. And for Ben Bernard, I'm Samantha Powell. And this is Backstage Pass. Backstage Pass.